Hello and welcome to What Our Point Weekly, where we bring together a variety of perspectives to discuss the biggest stories of the week and decide what our point, or if in fact there are no point at all. Please, if you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Today it is Tuesday, June 15th. I have with me Dan and Nicholas. Hello. Howdy. Tomorrow is the big meeting between Putin and Biden. Any predictions? I think, I don't know. Putin is always a, a step ahead of the international game. And so I could see him like unexpectedly giving Biden a huge victory to just kind of like throw everyone off. Maybe he re- releases Navalny and says, Biden and I have a great relationship and we're doing the reset that Obama and Trump couldn't get across. Dang, Maybe that would be a wild card. Exist. Maybe but in the grand scheme of the concessions, in the grand scheme of concessions, releasing a political prisoner in exchange for his like oligarchs not being further sanctioned, that's a pretty good trade for Putin. Why does Putin care about his oligarchs getting sanctioned? Because they hide all his money for him. So at some point, it's his money getting sanctioned. You know? Yeah, I mean, but didn't he used to go after them? Like Khodorkovsky, he put him in a cage and then released him and then Khodorkovsky fled to Germany. So that's just one of them. That's and one of them. Right. Not him. all Berezovsky of was found uh, uh, dead by suicide with like 40 gunshot wounds to the head while he's found in his bathtub drowned. I, but, like, I do think you can expect something unpredictable from him. He, I thought I it was agree, interesting right? that, that like uh, Biden didn't want to be at press conference with him because that's right for some of his shenanigans to try to like humiliate the u.s or say something that could make biden look stupid funny my, my question is, is why are we appeasing the russians why are we not sanctioning Nord stream 2 because our allies asked us not to so well why are the germans complicit in Nord stream 2 why is gerhard Schroeder on the board of gazprom or rosneft well, I like think if we're the former say, German chancellor. I mean, these are like why? Just why are we rewarding I, the Germans for piss poor behavior? Because they help us out in a lot of things. They, so. They're not helping us out with Russia. I'll tell you that. I don't I mean, know. A, 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 they the, are. the one predictable Maybe thing they that are. we'll see out of Geneva is appeasement from the U.S. Maybe is that a Russia. good thing though? Right. War is bad. That's my general view on the on the world. Appeasement's worse. Appeasement causes war. Maybe down the road. Maybe His, historically it does. So. What's the so example? It, One example, 1930s. Yeah, that was uh, that was a wonderful period of peace and prosperity. Hey, there's only it was 80 years ago, and the appeasement so far is working. With so, other what's people. your what's your prediction? How are we going to appease Putin? Like, what do you what do you think Biden's goals are? Um, I mean, I think his his he wants some arms control treaty. Uh, I mean, he's done get some good things. He's refused to re-enter into the Open Skies Treaty which the Russians were violating. So far, he's refused to get back into the INF Treaty, which the Russians were violating. So I, I think he's inadvertently or advertently stayed firm, but I, I just don't have strong predictions on anything serious that he'll get out from the Russians. I think Putin is very happy to let Navalny die in prison. Do you think Putin would give Biden all of Trump's hacked like emails and texts? And just say, like, this is just a gift of goodwill. Here's all the information from your political opponent, and we will just release it online. Do with it what you will. I mean, I don't know. It is know. amazing to think if uh, if all of that stuff is true, if there's, like, a dossier out there, sort of what is the Russians' in game for that? Because, like, their right. leverage is now kaput. It's not like that shit matters to them anymore. I, I, I would say that he did hire a really competent State Department official in 
her name is Victoria Nuland. She's very strong and hawkish on Russia. Whether or not she's being listened to in the administration is another issue, but she's married to Donald Kagan's son, um, Fred Kagan's brother, I forgot his name, but he's a Kagan. He's very, very well versed. Great. I think he's at a, in a, at a think tank in D.C. He's they're just a she's a very competent Russia hawk. But I, I, I don't think she is being listened to currently in the State Department. So how do you feel about uh, the other of some of Biden's pledges? Like now we're going to give half a million doses to people around the world. Is it like too little too late? Or you think this is like good geopolitics i just wonder if this is it feels like uh the u.s is now sort of at the point where we're we're doing it almost like uh for our own benefit because we're now worried about the variants variants and everything i wonder how much cooperation there will be but i i don't know it's it's bizarre over the last month to see how like states like the new york and california we're like just back to normal i mean you see some of these venues opening up and it just feels like pre-covid where the other parts of the world it just doesn't feel like that at all so i don't know i i this two-tiered system that people were kind of predicting before the pandemic which feels kind of big brotherish or something or like a uh, brave new world where somebody has a vaccine pass and somebody doesn't i don't know how does it does, does things feel very open now in california dan like now that you're back in san francisco proper is it like bustling and it's like it's game on here man it is game on although we'll see today was the official day that all the restrictions were lifted in california and it was definitely very confusing about did you need to wear a mask in certain places still because an individual establishment can always have a rule and so there was a lot of places i was was in half the people had a mask half the people didn't it was very unclear so I feel like it'll take a few weeks for it to get fully, fully back to normal. But the capacity limits on restaurants and bars are all lifted. So that I feel like will hit immediately. What's the vaccine rate in California? Very high. They said something like 40 million people had been vaccinated. So that makes it like 80%. Pretty I think good. it's closest to the highest in... I think in New York, it's something between 70 and 80 for like people that are vaccinated or also had COVID, like the whole total. Right. And now you've got this California. cruise ship where people were there's like asymptomatic covid i just hopefully i mean we're we're obviously on the way to the booster shot but all the there's like a golfer that tested positive there's there's just all these moments where you feel like we're on the cusp of it being back to completely normal and nick do you have any vacations planned uh going to chicago next week to see my sister which is my first plane ride since covid have you guys been on a plane since covid no, my first flight is in three weeks. Where are you going? Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Oh, my God. Born? Plan. Oh, beautiful. Can we talk about Dan's mother being amazing? Yeah. She's an amazing woman. I sort of wanted to propose maybe steering this podcast towards a car talk style podcast where we have a call-in. People ask us, people call in and ask us random issues with their cars and we're not able to answer because we're not mechanics, but interesting relationship advice. We could just post our number like near car places and be like, call in if you have any issues. And then they unbeknownst to them, they'd be calling into just a random podcast. <laughs> be like, I got a 98 Honda Odyssey. It's making a weird tapping noise. And then they'll be like, well, 
you know, have you told your husband? And then everyone laughs. And stuff. We could predict their relationship future even. You could be like, if your car is doing this, maybe it's a sign that... All right, what else is happening in, like, uh, the political land? Like, what's uh, what's the new uh, fight in Congress? Or, like, what is... Uh, I guess Biden's just concentrated on his foreign tour right now. Foreign tour, and they're trying to get the infrastructure deal done back at home, I think is the plan. So that and voting rights trying to get any of them before the summer recess but unclear if either one will happen which is kind of a bummer uh, well should we talk about the mayoral race then since we're I, i'm interested to see if maya wiley will get more of a bounce after getting ocasio cortez's right endorsement. it could happen but maybe not yeah i think that'll be i don't think it'll help her um i don't think she'll necessarily now win but i think it'll be interesting to see how much her endorsement uh, it'll be a, a test case to see how much something like that matters almost like how much people listen to uh, uh Cort- casio cortez just to see how much like her numbers bounce because she was you know hovering at like eight percent so if now she's 15 percent right could be like a prelude to i don't know you think she'll run for governor that would be insane that would change new york politics drastically you would assume I think it'd be great. Would she be a good governor? I think think so, because she's super intense and does actually care about details. You know what I mean? So is that like the most important part is just sort of badgering people and the right people to get things done and push through Albany? Yeah, she just like wants to, you know, do well and like try hard. Don't you have to manage like agencies and... Not just message on social media for governor. I mean, she's good at all those things. Has she yeah. managed a statewide agency? No, but she's done a very good job in her overall life. Is that her? Is that has she hinted at that's what she's gonna do? I guess that's what. Um, I don't know. I just think it's like a question of if you're in Congress and you're trying to shake things up, at some point you need to. I can't imagine she just wants to be a congresswoman for 50 years, right? So she got elected in 20. 18 so i guess it's only been a few years but still like i could see her being a great candidate for governor i feel like she'll win whatever larger seat she chooses to pursue next and she just needs to be wise with how she right spends that political capital because couldn't you see her running for senate instead like waiting for gillibrand or totally could and then i think she'd be a great senator that'd be kind of fun you just love her you just have a crush on her is what it seems like she I think there's like a big difference where a lot of the Republicans are are like, oh, kind of like, I don't know, let's say a Josh Hawley maybe like tries to be a serious person, but he's actually kind of a clown. I don't know who's a good example. Marco Rubio. Let's say Marco Rubio versus like AOC. Like Rubio just is like the worst. And he's you know i don't know i get what you're saying Marco Rubio she, passed, like, has gotten does legislation passed. a better a better has, adversary for like AOC just does, like, a, like biblical quotes about like everyone should be nice to each other and then he is like oh donald trump called me like a little dog but he's okay i mean yeah i get sure. your point Internal... aoc is very well read and like very intense about her topics even though she has a very um uh, minority view about something she at least knows she's more of a uh, of a paul ryan adversary where they could have some sort of um even though paul ryan believes 
absolute craziness, it uh, at least he like has read enough about it to explain to you why he thinks it. Right. Do you, yeah. Do you think Ilhan Omar will get removed from the House Foreign Affairs Committee? Uh, um, I don't really think so, but maybe. She does thread on uh, whatever dangerous water with some of her comments, but I, I appreciate I applaud her for at least being the one person that tries to shift the conversation toward more culpability toward the U.S. on all this. I agree, the U.S. is not equivalent to Hamas, but I think mm. that she she she's a... The, the Democrats, even though they, whatever, reprimand her every once in a while, understand her important her the like importance of her perspective within the party that there's a legitimate size of the party that agrees with you know 80% of what she says even though she totally. sometimes misspeaks i yeah that's a very strong compliment i think at least you know i'll give credit to marjorie taylor green today for apologizing and going to the holocaust museum and at least trying to educate herself on on what she said it's a little but amazing right though that like it is amazing to see her apologize i thought it was a great thing that she apologized Right. Um, I still think she's crazy, but I think it was good. That she, she acknowledged the Holocaust, so we are, we're doing but, well here. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see some of that from members of the Democratic Party as well. Well, what would Omar they apologize for? Apologized or like re, she was like, she always explains her statement when she, and it's not, she's not making these statements that are, well, I don't know, it's just such a false equivalence because of how... Marjorie Taylor Greene, it's it's obviously right. like a uh, like part of a a larger. It's almost like Dan said with these other politicians. Like she has no, there's no foundation to what she's trying to accomplish. It's just this like fluffy scaremongering to try to get reelected. Where it seems like Omar has political agenda behind her. Like she wants the U.S. to behave differently when it comes to Israel, right? Well, I mean, she did say that Jews have dual allegiance. I mean, she has insinuated that Jews have dual allegiances. She said it's all about the Benjamins, which is an anti-Semitic trope. I mean, so she has a long history of is that or is that just veiled anti-Semitic line? comments. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think these are mis misspeakings. I think these are these. I think it's it's quite clear what her intentions are by saying these things. And what are those? What do you think those intentions are? To like, I think she truly thinks that Jews. You think she's genuinely anti-Semitic? I think she has anti-Semitic views. Yes. Interesting. You know. Interesting. I just, I think her. You know, to be fair, her story. Josh Hawley does. Being a refugee and and coming up in the world and, and, and immigrating to the U.S. is inspirational, but I think she squandered all that goodwill and, and all that. I think she's, in my mind, no longer an inspirational figure. I think she is someone with very, uh, I would say, ignorant views on the Jewish people in America, Jewish Americans, as well as Israelis. I think you can criticize the Israeli government, but to compare it to Hamas is ridiculous. And I think there's, you can criticize right-wing Israeli politics, but to to completely label the entire country as an apartheid state is is ludicrous and anti-Semitic, and I think it's. I mean, I think a lot of people say that though the apartheid state comment. That's not a hurt. That's a like wide. That's true, it, and it's troubling because that it's that not is true. The, or is it like maybe true? Uh, well, I mean, my understanding is there's a Palestinian political parties that are currently part of the governing coalition in Israel under Naftali Bennett's coalition. So I, I don't think that's would constitute an apartheid state. 
Well, that's as of like today, right? As of yesterday. Um, I mean, that's an example that it's not an apartheid state. I think that <laughs> saying, you like, can if criticize, she said that statement you know, three days ago. That fact was not true. So you can't really criticize her for saying something a week ago that was, and then use a data no, point. It's, a, it's, a, it's an example uh, of, it's an example that they've, these Palestinian, like Arab Israeli parties have existed for 30 years or more in the Israeli political system. It now, just seems like the comment is that although within recognized people that agree to be Israeli citizens, there is a representation of some of those uh, Palestinian Israeli citizens or, or, or whatever, people of a Palestinian background that are now Israeli citizens. There is a huge contingent of people that refuse to become Israeli citizens because they would see that as um, acquiescing to an apartheid state. So uh, you can't say that those people are being necessarily their rights aren't being represented uh, through the I government they're, they're, because they're not, not technically citizens. Because of hum, organizations like Hamas and the inactivity of the PLO. The whole apartheid thing is just this semantic bullshit because, yeah, it, I mean, to some extent it is. Obviously, these people are living under conditions with no representation, being abused and taken advantage of. But those are also people that can't function in the regular systems of the government because of this religious or ethical stance that they're taking, that they don't want to engage with a government that they see as a exploitative and imperialist. Like the whole thing is so hard to unpack because how of is, that. How is the Israeli government imperialist? If it's, is it an empire? Does it, does it rule over colonies elsewhere? Well, like in well, it it rules over settlements, right? Or or it tries to take over a new ground all the time. Is that not like establishing an empire? I don't think by modern definition of what an empire is that would constitute an empire. I mean, I'm not so colonial. There, there, there are things that the Israeli government does that I don't agree with, and I think even the Sheikh Jarrah issue that was litigated in the Israeli court systems. It's it's I think going to the Israeli Supreme Court. I mean, so there's a there's a structure in the Israeli government that deals with this, that, like, addresses grievances. You know, it's not perfect. And so there, what, there what, wait, what, which way do you think the Israeli court is going to rule? What would your prediction be? Well, there's <laughs> examples of, of the Israeli court ruling against settlers, and I would point to Gaza in 2005, when every single settler community in Gaza was vacated by the Israeli government. Got it. It seems like Gaza is the important part of Israel, that's the that, that's the part that the Israelis have been taking the most care of. Well, I mean, look, the there, there are things that are if you're asking that, yes, there's right wing pressure in the Israeli government to do things that I think aren't helpful to the peace process. However, none of that constitutes probably justification to launch a missile barrage against civilian populations within Israel. Like, I think we can all agree that that is not constructive is launching either unguided or guided missiles supported by Iran into Israeli territory to kill civilians. Yes, I would agree with that. I think everyone agrees that... And the, had that the, Israel not developed Iron Dome, a missile defense system, the casualty rates on the Israeli side would be far higher, dramatically much higher. I mean, it, it would it would be bloodshed. But it's in I think we should just switch topics. I don't think we're okay. close. I don't, I don't need to relitigate the Israeli-Palestinian issue. That's like Do you a, think Jared Kushner uh, solved it and there's world no, peace now? 
Uh, bummer. I thought no. he did. He told me. He did he criminal did. justice reform, don't you think? He did do criminal justice reform. He told me that he figured it out. He he was given too much. I don't blame it on him. He was given like eight things to accomplish. So what did you, uh, Nick, are you watching European soccer? A little bit. Uh, what's his name? Christensen? Yeah, that was sad. Or Christian Erickson? Erickson. Yeah, he Christian Erickson. Yeah. He did he die? Ooh. No, he's fine no, he's, now. Or he's, no, he's, he's fine. Recovering. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. He just had cardiac arrest. It's pretty scary. To be honest, it's it's a little bit scary, but I kind of wonder why that doesn't happen more. I mean, right. we're, we're we're fragile things and we're all running around doing all this hyperactive stuff and our hearts you know they can't all be that strong all the time i'm kind of kind of surprised people don't just drop on the ground more often i mean they do all the time everywhere all over the day heart disease kills more like than more people than anything but i would expect it happens to uh high level athletes more than you would what about, i agree right? what about very few people heart? is there, is there such thing as broken heart disease i think that is true i don't think there's there's a that's like a medically verified way to die, but I, I know in, from examples throughout history, many people die of a broken heart. Like spouses that have lived together often die within months of each other. It is a big thing, I've heard. Who do you think is going to win, Nick? <laughs> the Euro? Yeah. Chelsea? Overall? Oh, I think England. England has a strong side. England has yeah, a strong England. side? <laughs> do you think? I think France has the strongest side, but you well, never know who's going to right. win. Right. I mean, yes. Well, France or maybe Portugal. Maybe this is the year. Well, they won last time, so that would not be that. Italy also, you always, in a tournament like this where there's a lot of unpredictability, right. Italy there's seems to thrive. Italy's good at like just sort of shutting themselves off from the rest of the world, playing their like negative style, kicking a lot of people, winning a lot of games one to nothing. And then tonight you got the NBA playoffs. James think, Harden uh, is going to change the narrative about him. He's going to play yeah. tonight and help them avoid an elimination on one leg. It's that pretty would be, impressive. Uh, it would be like an epic, be like a flu game style. Right. Call it the hamstring game. And he brings them back. Or How are could the just, Clippers doing? The Los so Angeles got, Clippers are doing great. Yeah, Yeah, Nick, they're coming back. They Every time it uh, seems like they're out, they come right back up. Yeah. But I think, yes, James Harden, the other thing about him is that if it's not a flu-type game, it could be the... He could also, like, really seriously injure himself. So I love it. I love how he's just taking this big risk for the team. How should we end this? This has been a good old barely-made-it-through-the-episode-style episode. I disagree with that. I think it's been a great <laughs> discussion. And, Seth, it's always nice to hear your positivity shine through. And uh forward to seeing you in person Sorry someday soon. No, it's okay. Sorry we always need a good... We need at least one Nick rant every episode. Right. If we didn't have a Nick rant, it wouldn't be an episode, right? It's true. We're going to find a new topic for Nick rant. Maybe next week we'll, we'll bring you the latest from uh, Tom Cotton's latest worry about China, that in the Winter Olympics, they're going to steal athletes' DNA to create super soldiers. Full reveal and deep dive analysis coming next week. Did he really say that? Did he say that? He is worried about that, yes. It's amazing. Well, it's like, like that guy who was asked the... Uh, the whatever the Bureau of Land Management, if they could uh, change the orbit of the moon around the Earth. Oh, Louis Gomer, yeah. I Hero. think you could. If you shot a nuclear missile at the moon and blew up a part of it, it would become less heavy and slightly change its orbit. Or what if you like shot a really a really big Nerf ball that like bounced back 
Like SpaceX uh, could design no, a Nerf ball. that wouldn't work, no. But if you've seen Armageddon, the moon is basically just a big asteroid, and so we could just blow it up like they did in Armageddon. What was that song in Armageddon, uh, the Steven Tyler song? Yeah, if you sing that, that is a good outlude song. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you might have to, it's copyright, so I can't sing it, right? It's like You can sing it, it's just your voice. They can't play the actual music. Oh, uh, something like, leave today. I can't, I can't do Wait, it. because... Because uh, I don't wanna close my eyes, don't wanna hold fall asleep, fall asleep. Cause I miss you, babe, and I don't wanna miss a thing. (laughs) So good, Dan, you're so good. All right, Nick, keep it going. I could stay awake just to hear you breathing, watch you smile while you are sleeping. While you're far away and dreaming, I could spend my life in this sweet surrender. Anyway. I could stay lost in this moment. Moment. Forever. Every moment spent with you is a moment I treasure. (laughs) Then then it goes the refrain. And I don't want to fall asleep Cause I'd miss you babe And I don't want to miss a thing Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please tune in next week when we will be joined by Remy and have a nice long discussion about inflation. So fun. Talk to you then.